0: And welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. Today I'm here with the illustrious Danielle Lauder, also known as Danny to me, obviously. <laughs> Hi, Danny. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I am A OK. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on. Okay, so I'm just giving you a mini introduction today. Danny is an actress and the creator of Estee Lauder's new Act 4 makeup collection. She's also an age-old friend of mine. We've known each other since middle school, where we went to Nightingale Bamford together. And our paths have seemed to cross ever since. So we went to Northwestern together, and now we're out here in West Hollywood acting. What's up, Danny?
1: Hey, hey. Hey, um, you know, I'm going on week...
0: Are we on six? Six. Yeah, I think we're on week six. Quarantine.
1: It's pretty wild, yet at the same time, so beyond benign. And I feel like for people like you and me, and so many other people out here that are in a creative freelancing business... Yeah, we go through periods of this all the time where it's like, oh, yeah, like I've had a week where I like had nothing to do all day and I sit at home and we're used to it. And so many people in the beginning were like, oh, my God, this is so fun. Like I can like have all the time in the world to watch things and let me do this 7000 piece puzzle and like build a mausoleum out of Legos and like run a marathon (laughs) indoors. And TikTok and
0: all this stuff.
1: Yeah. And yeah, making so much content, feeling so inspired. And banana bread.
0: There have been so many phases of this whole thing. I feel like there's a different thing trending every week.
1: I know. I don't know how you feel, but I personally am not on that train of productiveness and motivation as much as I wish I was.
0: No, it's so hard. I mean, obviously, I'm still doing the podcast, so that's good. And that like holds me accountable and gives me something to do. But it's really hard when you're physically stuck in one place not to feel mentally stuck, at least for me. Like, I know everyone's different with it. Some people are like going overtime on their content or being really creative. But when I sit there and I'm like, be creative. Think of something. (laughs) Yeah. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. I can't do it. Yeah. And I don't get
1: inspiration consistently from just sitting at home and doing random activities. I need to like go out and experience the world and you need to like have stories to feel inspired to create anything and now i don't have stories to tell
0: Oh wait this is so funny but (laughs) you definitely have a lot of stories first of all as someone who's known you a long time and you're a great storyteller but i love that you say this because this is something i've been ridiculously anxious about recently as well i've been like oh my god i i'm an actor which is a storyteller and then i'm starting this podcast i'm like I'm not going to have any stories to tell on the podcast. Like Mm -hmm. I no longer know how to talk to people because I'm inside all day alone. Like I don't have any material and obviously we're not being as inspired as we normally would, but it is kind of just like this irrational fear that it's funny that you have the same thought.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I know so many of us have been my roommates included. I live with two actors and we all just feel the same way where we kind of hit a point of blah during the day or during the week, or during the month where like, yeah, there are actually a lot of things we could be doing. Oh, what a perfect time it would be to create content because it's just three of us sitting around. But that pressure, because it's our career, doesn't make it fun as a hobby, at least for me. And I'm also just, I just moved into a new house. So half of the time I am basically just living as a housewife. And especially because <laughs> we don't have like anyone else to help us with anything or, you know, um, yeah. when need furniture and everything, like we're assembling everything ourselves and like wow. breaking down the boxes and whatnot. Yeah. We can't have people come in. Mm -hmm. and I'm just like you know doing laundry taking care of my dog and the boys my roommates cooking and cleaning all day long
0: because you live with boys
1: I don't even have the husband to be the housewife too I'm just (laughs) a glorified housewife
0: you don't even get the benefits of of being married
1: I just like clean up (laughs) dog shit and oh my god I'm dying video game toys
0: so you're a mom you're a single mom is what you're saying
1: I'm I'm a single mom yeah
0: I feel like it's interesting that this is also the time that I started this podcast because the whole concept of the podcast is how like in your 20s you kind of have a moment like whether or not that's a full out crisis depends on the person obviously but where you have a moment where you like step back and reexamine everything and I feel like Everyone's been forced to have that moment, right? Yeah, now I feel quarantine. like
1: quarantine is an emblem of a period everyone goes through in their twenties, or yeah, every right? year in their <laughs> twenties.
0: Literally, yeah. it's like it's the what, like, what, the, what fuck the fuck moment. F-
1: yeah, what the fuck do I do with my life or my day? Yeah. And especially people that are so used to having structure from having jobs or yeah, how, however they have built structure in their life, we've been out here for four years now half having structure but it's all self-built and it's all up and down and every single day you can wake up and be like well i have no fucking clue (laughs)
0: Clue what's happening today
1: (laughs) what to do with my day like let alone my life
0: It's a very interesting time. So I've been doing research for the topic of the podcast, and I was reading this book called Conquering Your Quarter Life Crisis, How to Get Your Shit Together in Your 20s, which felt very appropriate given the title. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was just saying like all these different things that are like symptomatic of having a quarter life crisis. And obviously crisis is in the name too, right? Like this is, I mean, this is a way more serious crisis and a global pandemic but both of them force you to take a step back they cause you to be nervous about time like I know that's a huge thing right now and obviously a thing that happens in your 20s where you're like oh my god where is the time going and even you saying like it's been four years I'm like where has that time
1: gone I know it's insane
0: I feel like you're in college yesterday
1: I know and then guess what in four years we'll be 30. Oh
0: my God. We can't talk about that. I'm cutting it out. No, <laughs> so that's the, uh, the LA and me talking, the Peter Pan effect coming to oh, yeah. life.
1: Well, this year didn't count for birthdays anyway. So
0: yeah, that's the new be thing.
1: twenty nine. Right?
0: Yeah. yeah. We'll be 29 nine. Four
1: years. Yeah, definitely. Fine. It's also with this crisis, yeah. this pandemic, it puts your personal crises into perspective It really does. And I get (laughs) very in my head and I know that you can relate to this and I'm very hard on myself. And I like every day look on Instagram, like, why don't I have that person's body, work ethic, routine? I know it's all, not all a facade, but most of the time it seems like other people are just so happy, but it's not the case 100% of the time
0: what you're speaking to too is like something that I think is also just so unique to our generation and like if you tell your parents about it maybe they're on Instagram now but it's not like they're growing up with it or they're building their careers with it so that comparison game just can be like so suffocating and really not helpful at the end of the day because it's like okay, now I've put even more pressure on myself. Nothing good is going to come of doing that.
1: It's hard to feel good creatively and make it so self-focused during a time like this. And I have personally felt that at least Mm -hmm. in the past year or so, Mm -hmm. Um, especially taking a break from acting and just trying to focus my headspace elsewhere creatively. And I felt... Mm -hmm. A, a lot more reward from that than the very like self-focused actor's lifestyle. Yeah, and I mean, you're me think,
0: responsible. You are like the product you're pushing,
1: right? And yeah. I think like, then there's so much more I can do with my time and what I have and what I've been given. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think about like, yeah, how do you, I really want to make use of that time? Do I want to sit there worrying? Yeah. about myself and, you know, self-reflecting on rejection all the time, or you can go and do good in the world.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's part of why I started doing this. I think talking about these subjects can be so helpful to people who are experiencing it. And I think it's such a phenomenon that's like so real that I want to talk about and that I'm passionate about and that other people can be too. And it's also something that I have like more control over like you do with the whole makeup line. So I think for anyone acting, like it's definitely good to have some other kind of project that you're passionate about. So it doesn't become like exhausting, you know? Yeah.
1: And, you know, but I had a hard time, you know, having a foot in two different doors. So I'm someone that needs to jump in 100%.
0: So I just want to take a second, just because obviously, I know you very well and know all about what you're doing. But so I mentioned that you're an actor, you mentioned that you're taking a break from that and that you've recently created this amazing line act Four. that's kind of a nod to your acting career. Do you want to take a second to kind of explain it and how you decided to view your paths? Because I think that's so interesting.
1: Yeah, so I Obviously grew up in and around beauty my whole life, but yeah. it's on my dad's side and my dad is on the business side much more so than the you know, product development side.
0: Of the estate so, Order companies, yeah.
1: Yes. So yeah. I didn't really grow up that into makeup. I wasn't very good at it. Um, I struggled with acne my whole life. So I was yeah. really more skincare oriented. And then when I was... At Northwestern and I signed with a manager that was out here in LA my junior year and I had to do self-tapes all the time
0: it's which just, are just for people who don't know but they're basically just like auditions that you're doing you're taping yourself it's literally what the name entails you're yeah. uh, you're doing a tape to send into casting directors but yeah. yeah
1: and you have to have a reader and you just yeah. set up lights and everything and they
0: put all the um, work on you basically
1: yeah, exactly. You <laughs> like spend the money on the lights and the time, and you have to yeah. waste someone else's time to sit there and watch you like act. It's really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and you can't give them anything in return. You're just like, "Hey, can you come <laughs> read with me for an hour and like make sure you're good at the camera work and the lighting?" Yeah. And it's exactly, so weird. You,
1: like tell your house to shut up for however many takes you <laughs> yeah. want to do it, and exactly. it's just. And then you have to edit it, and yeah. So throughout that. Whole exhausting process that I had mm-hmm. to do so many times. I I kept trying to learn more and more about lighting, and I switched to being a radio, film, and television major in college. And so I was learning a lot more about that. And then I said, th- okay, I understand how light and shadow works and falls on my face, and how I can use what these you know these janky Amazon lights in either like, my dorm room or a creepy addict. Um,
0: Sorry.
1: <laughs> first self-tape I ever did. Yeah. It was before I even had like a tripod or even got an Amazon lighting kit. Yeah, and you I were like stacking these, books. Yeah, was stacking yeah. books and like mm-hmm. taped my phone to like a sunglass case and literally took a lamp and had to have my ex-boyfriend just like hold it upside down <laughs> to yeah. act as my overhead light. Um, and during that time, I had, you know, you to do your makeup. Not so intensely, not to like the Kardashian level, but you have to do your makeup very, very well. You have to do on-camera
0: makeup, yeah. Yeah, it's
1: on-camera and not photo shoot. It has to look natural, but you have to make yourself look like you're naturally perfect. Yes, exactly. Um, There's no makeup on, but there is. Exactly. The No Makeup Makeup look, which honestly is a finer skill. Treatment.
0: Yeah, it yeah.
1: is. So I would spend hours and hours doing that and I would study different products. And I ended up spending more time probably doing my makeup and learning about it and figuring it out and like tweaking with lighting and stuff like that than studying my lines. Um <laughs> And I started to get more into it and more passionate about it. And I would ask my father or other family members more questions about it. And, um, or other people that worked at the company, I just started talking to them about it more. So I started with working just behind the scenes on a perfume campaign they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I really, really liked the creative side. I liked having the tangible object that you're selling, but you have to really tell the story in order for people to want to buy it. Yeah. And there are so many different levels of creativity that went into it, from design to marketing to doing the colors and the shade matching and the formulas. So I yeah, really like com- that. I got to, so many
0: things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I really wanted to be involved in some way, and I also still really wanted to be on camera. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to be on camera to, cr- to show off something that I personally created. Yeah. So they asked me to do a collection to start out. And it just took off from there. We worked on it for about two years. Wow. There are seven products and it's limited edition. So very mm-hmm. soon it'll be off the shelves completely.
0: Why is that? Why is it limited out of
1: curiosity? It's just because it were to be a continuous thing, it, we would have had to be worked on it for many more years because that's much more expensive to try oh, and yeah. achieve sustainability with a new brand within a brand. So this is a way to just start out.
0: Well, that's nice. You get to get your feet wet without having the pressure of having it be something that's so long lasting.
1: Right. And yeah, the potential to consistently spend money without making money for the company. Yeah. When they took a gamble on me that I'm very grateful for it to begin with.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. You're talking about all the different sides of makeup, like the fact that you're interested in like the science of it and the marketing of it and the story of it. What was the process like when you're deciding like what you wanted it to look like?
1: So the first week I started working on it, there was a team of people from estee lauder that came out to la and i had just a really intense crash course in product development they asked me to bring in things that i liked or things that inspired me for packaging you know bring in any other products and yada, yada. and i just got a giant basket and i brought all of my favorite i have like a weird thing for tchotchkes and i'm like kind of a hoarder with like knickknacks that are so useless
0: I love that about you, though. It's it's part of your, like, personal style. I yeah. feel like it's, like, the way you decorate. It's it's very you. It's very yeah, funny.
1: Definitely. So I just took a bunch of those things from my apartment, marble trays and old candles and skulls and clocks. Yeah. And they were just, like, pulling all these things out of the box and the packaging designer was like, oh, I thought they'd bring other makeup products that you would like, that you would want to... <laughs> you know. but you know this works too that's
0: so funny <laughs> I'm like oh I gosh. want my
1: makeup products to look like beautiful pieces of interior decor I don't want it to just look like makeup um, <laughs> and you're like so, did
0: you expect so little from me I was
1: just like oh did I do it wrong sorry this is yeah. but I'm like oh I don't know I don't really like other packaging yeah so no offense to any of the brands out there I like it but you know
0: but it's not you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't me. And I put a lot, a lot of thought into the packaging. And I worked very closely with the packaging designer on everything. And I wrote all the copy, which is just like everything describing the products and named all the product. And for the shade matching for the colors themselves, formula wise, I wanted everything to have very subtle but gratifying payoff. So that it wasn't intimidating for people like you and me or anyone else that would be going to Estee Lauder, our age or older, that yeah. doesn't want to sit down and watch like a 50-step tutorial on how to contour your face to look like a model, yeah. um, or like how to do your eyeliner perfectly. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted the people, anyone, to be able to just pick it up and want to use it and want to keep it and want to display it and. Then they gave me like a giant stacks of these ANA trend books that have um, trend reports for the next coming two years of seasons. And I just took all of these and went through it for like a week, for hours each day and found yeah. all these different buttons and little weird textures and swatches and pictures and words. And I made a live mood board and I just went and brought that to the lab to shade match all of the different colors to create the overall palette.
0: So it is really kind of an artistic process in that way.
1: Definitely. And I'm very lucky that I had a whole team, obviously, the people at Estee Lauder. Like I couldn't yeah. have done all of this on my own.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> just creating it alone, like, is a scientific procedure that that's not our, no, that's no. our forte. <laughs> um, yeah, you talked about in one of the interviews I read about how it's kind of supposed to be I forgot the exact word you used, but you talked about being like a top off or like a lovely like addition to your makeup. Yeah,
1: they're all meant to be just that extra embellishment of glamour to make anyone feel a touch of beautiful. Um, like we were just saying, like I said like, oh, yeah, I felt a little better today because I put on lipstick and did my brows. I know. So and those are two very simple things that anyone can use. So in my collection, You know, you can use one of the four colors in the eye and cheek palette and it gives you a little extra, or you can just use a lipstick or you can use the complexion liquid and it gives you those extra enhancements without all the fuss.
0: Yeah. I think in the beauty world right now, there's kind of this trend of like heavy makeup and contouring. And like, even when you're watching these TikToks right now, it's like, oh, don't tell the men we can perform magic and transform our faces. Like that's literally yeah. one of the TikToks that's viral yeah. right now. And I don't even begin to know how to do that level of makeup artistry. No, I can't. So it's like there's something really nice about just having these little pieces that can just make you feel better about yourself. And like they're a little pop of color and something and just like freshen you up without being so involved. Exactly. I kind of want to hear more about because obviously I've known you since we were in middle school. And I know that you, when you were younger, had moments where you were like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not sure I want to get into the family business and would oscillate back and forth on that. What was the moment that you decided, you know what, this is something that I'm interested in and just kind of like owned that part of yourself?
1: Yeah, I always thought that because I wasn't ever really good at doing my makeup, um, yeah. like I'm like the opposite of the Kylie Jenner story. People talk about like Kylie did her and her sister's makeup perfectly like every day all the time, like basically from the womb. Yeah. And so I always kind of felt insecure about the fact that I wasn't like that or couldn't do that. It was after graduating and I wanted to be an actress and... I also wanted to be involved because it's just, like people ask me about it all the time. And I am so fucking lucky to have the life I have yeah. because of it. So it was just something that I felt was right to be involved in in some capacity. And growing up, I thought to be involved in the family business, I would have mm. to, you know, do the corporate desk job, New York office, climb yeah, the ladder. Yeah. Yeah start at the bottom paying my dues kind and, of more
0: like what your dad does right what yeah right yeah
1: what my dad did what my cousins did and I never really saw that particularly for myself but then especially 2015 2016 to now, the world has completely changed and flipped in terms of content and creativity and being an entrepreneur and what you can do and how you can be involved so I saw that there were pockets of opportunities that I thought I would be a valuable asset in, and I, you know, I had to fight for it. They weren't very receptive to me just coming in at first.
0: Well, I think that's good. It's it's showing kind of the opposite of what, you know, because people could easily assume like she's a lauder so she gets to make this collection and it wasn't like that for you it wasn't something that you assumed off the bat a that you were going to do and then b it wasn't something that they just handed to you it wasn't like here do this it was something you actively had to fight for and work on
1: yeah i had to fight for it and pitch it and for two years before we started working yeah. on it for the next two years wow. and it's like obviously I, I was able to do it because I am a lauder. so <laughs> like if I were a L'Oreal <laughs> I would be doing it there you know yeah. it's like and I, I would be doing it in some capacity anywhere but why would I go anywhere but my family company yeah, um, but yes, I had to work for it and pitch it and fight for it like anyone else, and it's really hard to get rejection specifically from your family, but. Yeah. Um, it's also been really cool for me to finally come to more of an understanding about all of the dynamics and really like the intricacies of how the company was built. And I've learned so much more about my great grandmother and everything that my family has worked to build. And it's the only company, especially a publicly traded company, where the family members are still genuinely very involved. heavily involved.
0: Yeah. And haven't yeah. been totally bought out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is really interesting because it's like, how many of us really know that much about our family history? It must have been such a bonding experience to really, like, work with your dad and people he's working with or, you know, your cousins or other family members. And to really, like, get this knowledge of what made your great-grandmother so successful, who you knew, but you were young when she passed away.
1: Yeah, I never actually really like knew her, knew her. Um, She passed away when I was 10 and she was ill for long before that. So I have no recollection of ever interacting with her. And it's also been so cool learning from all the different employees in the extended family that is ELC. And I met people um, like when I was in Milan at the lab, shade matching. I met women that worked directly with Essie and her dad worked with her. And Esty wanted to be an actress too when she came I know, out I was and... reading
0: that. That's so fun. I love that. You guys are, yeah. are kindred spirits.
1: Yeah, so it's been like a cool and sometimes eerie experience having done this because mm-hmm. I feel like we had like the same something in us that's like, okay, yes, I want to act. Fine, like reject me. I'm going to go start and do my own thing like I can do anything let me show you um and just having that competitive drive and trying to find an output for creativity it's been really cool to learn about and especially being able to I've gotten so 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 much closer with my grandfather and he's taught me so much that he's like the most unbelievable person in the world he He really has yeah he has qualities that you couldn't even model up but you Know he's been really hard on me and he's given yeah. me shit. And he's told me, you know, like, no, i after after pitching things to him, he's like, no, that's not it. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Start like, no, try again. Start over. That's wow. And he's always bright and he's very smart and he has years of experience and he's also very willing to adapt and keep up with everything. So he's always encouraged me to. Fight and don't take no for an answer.
0: Yeah. To keep it current and to have started in nineteen forty as just like a skincare line for a few products and to be something that's still working now. Like it makes sense that he has to be hard on you and he has to challenge you to like live up to that standard, which I'm sure is like a lot of pressure sometimes.
1: Oh, absolutely! And I had a lot to learn and a lot of catching up to do. And there's was also a huge reason I wanted to do something for Estee Lauder was to try and keep it a little more youthful,
0: to give them your uh, your refreshed perspective.
1: Yeah, and you know, just try to pull in a new demographic or catch the eyes of a younger demographic to just keep extending and maybe change the narrative of oh, you know, Estee Lauder's, my God, my mom loves this product. Yeah. Being like, oh my God, my daughter has this product.
0: Yeah. Because it's such a like classic kind of brand. So coming from this company that was created by a woman before women were becoming moguls in this way, what have these female influences in your life, Estee and Evelyn as well, your grandmother, taught you? And like, what is something you've taken away from having these two powerful women in your life?
1: I'm very lucky that I feel like I, it's just been embedded in me mm-hmm. that I can and will do anything I want. And I can pursue it and you can start things. And if you're persistent and you're thoughtful mm-hmm. and collaborative and inclusive and help where help is needed and ask for help when needed. Mm-hmm. That you can rule the world. You can save, (laughs) you can save people's lives. I mean, how Abby started the breast cancer research campaign. I mean, yeah, that's amazing. Like there wouldn't be a pink ribbon without my grandmother, and that's just insane to think about. And she worked so hard and it's become this huge, amazing organization. She was also so personally involved in every single aspect, as was Esty and everything. Uh And to me, the best part about having I mean, I didn't really get to see it in person with my great grandmother, but hearing about her from my family members and seeing the way that everyone in the company, men and women alike, champion women and seeing the way like my grandfather championed his mom and my grandmother gave me all the confidence in the world. And my grandfather still does that for me. And he says to me, like, he wants the hands of the companies to end up in a woman's hands. And he said, no decision can be made in any room without a woman.
0: Which I think our current political leaders could uh, take that hint of advice from Pa.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And going to an
1: all girl school with you, as you know, like, Nightingale didn't let us get away with any bullshit and... Mm. They gave us the tools and the skills to be able to feel confident and strong when it comes to dealing with men.
0: Yeah. Going to an all-girls school, it's something that really defines you as a person. And even though the podcast isn't explicitly about feminism or anything, I feel like feminist themes always creep in because that's just like part of who I am fundamentally. When you go yeah. to a school like Nightingale, it's just something that's so important to you. And having figures like Estee, who started this huge company in 1946, like that's someone to look up to. So that's really cool that it's part of your family.
1: Indeed.
0: So who is someone who you are currently inspired by and why?
1: I've been inspired by Miley Cyrus because on whatever, I forget the name of it, but her her live shows she's been doing or Instagram shows, she spent a lot of time dedicated, a lot of real time talking about mental health during Mm -hmm. this time.
0: Which is so important.
1: And I feel like that's something that people are... Only touching on on the surface, but aren't actually getting real with it. And, and you know, people that yeah. haven't maybe dealt with certain feelings they're going through now, or like
0: mm-hmm. having to deal with you know, it.
1: You're having to deal with it, or people yeah. are like, oh, like I'm depressed, and it's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, don't use that term so lightly. And it's also for people that actually. Have depression, struggle yeah. with that, or anxiety. This is really scary for them, yeah. and you know, especially if you're in isolation or mm-hmm. anything. And I feel like people, everyone says like well, reach out to people, make sure they're okay, but yeah. then you can't actually make sure they're okay.
0: Yeah, you, you can't, can't like, be. You can't show up. You can't yes. physically. Yeah,
1: you can't show up and you can't do things for them or make them do things for themselves. And that woke me up to realize that that's something that people need to be discussing way more and need to be more yeah. cognizant about. And the thing that really irks me about certain influencers is uh-huh. so. Let's just, hear
0: it. Let's get into it.
1: Like, in, like show like a page of their journal or like I made five goals for myself to do every <laughs> day and it has helped my anxiety So much. Yeah. 16 ounces of water a day. I've decided to (laughs) tuck in the corners of my bread more neatly, (laughs) and you know, do at least three reps of rounds of workout. Um, and try ankle weights.
0: (laughs) And try. Don't
1: forget to put the collagen in your smoothie. It's like, okay, I'm so glad that that's helping you mediate anxiety. But like, dear God, I've been doing a million things for my entire life, and and like have like anxiety is a disorder that people struggle with, and with suffer and struggle from so yeah. seeing stuff like that and you're like, it's not like botox where they're just gonna like, yeah, you know like yeah like tell me fix
0: well yeah. that's something about our generation that's hard and something about having anxiety in our generation that's hard is like we're really used to instant gratification and we're used to quick fixes so I think a lot of people are trying to put them out there and obviously like as much as I make fun and we make fun of it it's so good to find, you know, every person's different, different things work better for everyone. But I think what you're speaking to is just this kind of acting like one method will solve all for everyone. And I just looked up Miley Cyrus's, it's called Bright Minded, her uh, Mm -hmm. Instagram Live. I haven't seen it yet, but it's a great concept. And I think talking about mental health is so important and is obviously why I want to start doing this. On that note, I'm going to move into quarter life qualm questions, so talking more about mental health and your 20s and anxieties and all of that. How have your 20s been in general? Let's just hear about that to start out with.
1: I think they have been scary. Yeah. I think they've been very informative and very unsettling, honestly, because I'm only just starting to feel like I'm getting settled in LA, but then you have things like this that are thrown at you. They're, you know, relationships, breakups, yeah. moves, um, shit with friends or roommates, and then especially yeah. with career stuff like we were touching on earlier. Just the unknown and the up and down aspect of acting or just being an entrepreneur or trying to achieve any creative endeavor that's more of a freelance style. Yeah. You ride your highs and then you fucking hit your lows. High really highs hard. and
0: low lows. Yeah. I talked yeah. about this a little bit on the first episode with Teague, but I think that's just like inherent in these creative and entrepreneurial pursuits is that you're going to have such high highs because you're trying to do something you love. But then when it doesn't pan out exactly the way you want, or you're not making money from it, or it doesn't feel sustainable or consistent, it can be so frustrating and feel so low. And I mean, acting on its own has so many rejections that are inherent in it and come with it. And then adding this on top of it like obviously there's so much I'm grateful for right now like that I'm healthy and that my family is healthy but it it makes it really scary looking into the future you're like how am I supposed to act or like build that kind of career if we don't know if productions will be possible for like however much time you know
1: yeah it's a very insanely up in the air like impossible to plan in this industry right now I know and that just has I feel like for me it's just been the whole thing in my 20s it's like what's next or what are you doing and I had such solace for two years being able to say like oh I'm like act four no 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 and then uh-huh. for two months after it was be like so mm-hmm. nice to say that, but then everyone's question like immediately. And now especially mm-hmm. I was like, so what's next? It's like, what are you doing? Like, are you going to still do makeup? Are you going to start your own line? Are you going to continue acting or are you going to do that? And I'm like, Oh my God. I don't and know this, yet. I, I, I poured everything into this and we didn't know if it was going to be successful or what the reception was going to be or anything. So I couldn't like plan for next for that or thus for anything else. So I just, well,
0: especially when you're putting all your energy into it, how are you supposed to find out the
1: next yeah, thing? Like I want to be thoughtful about it. So yeah.
0: you don't want to just half ass something. And you also like, I feel like you just got off that train. So it must be a lot to go from like, going to all these events and promoting it and having all these interviews or photo shoots to suddenly like, it's like zero to hundred real quick. Cause this is the complete opposite. Like I know I felt that way a bit with my part-time job. Um, I actually ironically quit my part-time job at a doctor's office, like right before this happened (laughs) which yeah it was perfect right
1: (laughs) quick timing
0: and then this happened so I feel like for both of us it's been kind of like this zero to hundred momentum where you're like wait now what you know
1: yeah yeah. and I it's just the whole theme of being so hard on myself and Mm. it's a lot of like I, I am very lucky that I can pursue it's a million different things it's yeah. all about like, what do you want i'm like i don't know exactly what i want and so, that's okay
0: to not know right now i think yeah, that's an important message that's
1: the feeling that's like the, i've definitely had in my 20s and it's like up until this point and people still kind of do it but everyone's like you're young you're fine. Like, you're, you're still figuring it out. You're so much time ahead of you. Yeah. And then now that you're on like the, or I am on the other side of the halfway point. Yep.
0: Yep. No, we both are.
1: People are starting to be like, well, you got to get your shit together. And I know. That's why like, I tick, think. Tick on your uterus. And <laughs> yeah, your... yeah. And it's like, Do you know shit. that at
0: 35, it's considered a geriatric pregnancy? Oh my God. How horrible is that? Once you turn 35, suddenly they're like, okay, your eggs are old. I'm like, that is fucking sexist, okay? Like that's that's (laughs) fucked up that the world works this way, that we have these like ticking time bombs in our bodies. But it's interesting because I think everyone's experience with a quarter life crisis or like having ups and downs in your twenties or a moment where you're like, wait, what the fuck is different. And I think for a lot of people, it's right out of college, but I feel like right out of college, I had all this momentum and I was really excited to be moving to LA and finally getting into acting. And I had like this, you know, Bright eyed optimism about everything. And I think it is really once you hit that 25, 26 mark, at least it was for me personally, when you're like, oh, wow, how many more years are people going to say, you're so young? Don't worry.
1: Like, yeah, yeah like I, I need to start worrying. It's starting yeah. to, and like, it really just started to kick in for me that,
0: yeah, me too.
1: Like, you're not in rehearsal for your life anymore.
0: Yeah, we're in life. We're in it. We're, Adulting. I don't
1: feel like I'm adult enough or yeah. deserving enough. Or I'm also just like, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do if the, if a pipe leaks. Like we did, I had a leak yeah. in the ceiling the other day, and I'm like, hmm, don't know how to fix that. Can't call a guy. That
0: was something I was gonna ask. Was is there anything about adulting that you find hard? So is that what it's been, just like dealing with these house things?
1: Yeah, house things and like finance stuff and like, taxes and yeah. i always wanted to be taken so seriously and i couldn't wait mm. for this stage in my life to be an yes. adult for people to like finally take me seriously but now it's also yeah. scary because people i feel like a lot of expectations yeah. um to have my shit together and to be like those influencers that had like their avocado mush with collagen every morning and like workout <laughs> every day like avocado
0: like, much with collagen I,
1: <laughs> I just have you know I have that side of me like I am very responsible yeah I also I still feel like I'm in a phase of my life where I want to be still be a little responsible and yeah. you know have fun and go out and not yeah. have Feel the weight of life yet?
0: I know, and that's that's also so part of it. I mean, I was the same way. We would both always bond about this, and like high school and college, we'd be like, "Oh, I'm just so ready for the real world and to like get out there and try all these things and be taken seriously." We had all these huge aspirations that we were just so ready to go after. And then now that we're here, you have a second where you're like, wait, I kind of miss the sheltered community. I was, yeah. you know, Don't rejecting at that, the time. Yeah,
1: like yeah. the ideal that we were craving was yeah. to be taken seriously right then and there in that moment while mm-hmm. we were still being taken care of. Yes. Adult right? <laughs> <laughs> things like it's all you know. Yeah, and that's when I have to roll my eyes and say to every single adult that ever told me this my entire life growing up. Yeah, I'm like no, cherish these years. Be happy that you have you know people that are taking care of you because soon enough it will be gone. No, they were right.
0: <laughs> I know there are so many things that people tell you when you're younger that you roll your eyes at and you're like, yeah, you're okay, all whatever. You're
1: wrong. Well,
0: Remember when people would tell that to us about going Northwestern, they were like, it's going to be really cold. And we were like, okay, that's like, haven't heard yeah, that one I, before yeah, I'm from New York.
1: And then okay. we got there
0: and we were like, I have tears running down my eyes because the wind just blew in my face and it's negative yeah. 20 degrees. Like yeah. it's so, it's so true. But- There's some <laughs> advice that you gotta, you gotta heed. Um, on that note, what's some advice you would give your younger self if you were looking back?
1: Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, there's so many things I would say to myself. Just, Let's hear. But it. like, would I actually Do take them it. to heart? Like, work harder, be more grateful. I start feel like therapy you did earlier. work hard.
0: Start therapy earlier. That's a good one.
1: Not like work harder in Mm -hmm. just schoolwork, but just on things in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Put yourself out there more. Just get out of your own head because people don't see you as badly as you see yourself. And people aren't as bad as you can potentially see them. So just try and work on breaking down your walls to be more open to who you are and can be in any situation and or what people can do for you.
0: I like that. I really like that.
1: And try to let go of your anger.
0: Let go of your anger. I feel like, I mean, you don't seem angry to me anymore. Not that I ever really noticed, but if you're saying let go of your anger, like, I feel like you're not an angry person.
1: I have a lot of my moments. I don't, I try not to live in a state of anger. Yeah. And, and definitely affected by my environment and Mm. who I'm talking to. Yeah. Like talking to my friends and stuff. Yeah. You know, I'll seem so much better than when I'm talking to my Mom or dad for the home yeah. time that day.
0: Yep, and
1: yep. or like Teddy, like pees on the wood like one more time. I'll just <laughs> just a note that is her it. dog. <laughs> oh Yeah, <laughs> my boyfriend. Your boyfriend Teddy. keeps <laughs>
0: peeing all over your stuff. It, He's it took, really feeling cooped up during quarantine. Yeah, he has to find some way to take it out. Do you remember in high school when I came? this is the things I remember. I'm like, why does my memory work this way? This is so ridiculous. But I came into school one day and someone said, James just like peed on the stoop while I was walking by. And at the time I was dating a James, but they were talking about a homeless man that we all knew very well. And I was like, wait, my boyfriend is peeing in front of people. Like, why is he peeing in public?
1: Because he happened to live on that block yeah,
0: on the block so it was feasible yeah, it was oh very
1: god. it was very feasible <laughs>
0: it was very feasible that he was having a moment having a pre-quarter oh, life god. crisis and just oh. yeah. yeah sorry I've totally taken us off topic but um what what were we even talking about oh my god I'm totally um, lost
1: then I was letting go of, try, of I anger. would tell myself yes, to yes, let yes. go of my anger like just in regards to certain things and also mm-hmm. growing up I would bring Certain ways I was feeling on external factors. Yeah. Thinking that, oh, like once I get this, once I have this, once I am this, I will be happy. Yeah. Not understanding that
0: happiness comes first. It's up. Or like I
1: didn't understand what I was feeling were like, you know, feelings of anxiety or depression. I just thought it was like, oh, because like school sucks.
0: I think that's something that's so important. And that's actually something that now that you said it, I feel like I would tell myself looking back is like, don't look for external factors to be the source of your happiness. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I was even talking about that with my therapist today. He was like, okay, what if today you booked an amazing like role in a huge film or TV show and your podcast became like top 10 on the charts or whatever? If you're still dealing with all this anxiety and like still figuring yourself out, it's still not going to be enough because you're not going to know how to handle it.
1: Right. And like for me, I have so many instances like that. Like when I get an email from my publicist or something, because it's like there's a lot of pressure, even like when you're getting the things you want, you're like, okay, shit. So I have to be like and stay as this whatever your version of not perfect, but what like whatever you're doing, this whatever, you're selling, whatever version you're promoting. of yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. like it's work when you having like severe anxiety and stuff, yeah. no matter what, even if it fits especially everything you've wanted. Yeah. At least for me, it makes me that much more anxious because of the pressure.
0: Yeah. That you're putting on yourself. What's, yeah. so we're talking a lot about anxiety, which is great. Cause like, I think it's, so important. I think it's really going to resonate with people right now. What is something that you do for yourself personally that helps you relieve the anxiety?
1: Um, I need to do something physically Mm -hmm. with my, like do something with my hands. Um, You know, I'm not, I wish I was the person to say Pilates or (laughs) going for a run, but yeah, right. Um, I love cleaning and I love organizing. Me too. um, And like setting things up. I like writing and coloring, and I always have something on in the background. I always have TV on or podcasts or something on, because the second that there like is external quiet, then it gets really loud in here.
0: Yeah, that's so true. That's what's good about podcasts; they give you a chance like put your brain on the shelf, like turn off your brain yeah. and listen to someone else and like what they're going through. It's the same kind of reason right. that and acting you don't you is just have therapeutic. to like sit
1: there and watch the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watch a lot of reality TV yes. to make myself feel better. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> to judge someone else other than yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then sometimes I smoke weed.
0: I love all of those things. What's your favorite reality TV show right now?
1: Okay, so I actually only just started watching The Bachelor during quarantine. I had never watched it before. So are you on a deep dive? I'm deep and like I'm in the perfect (laughs) like Bouncing from the seasons to the next because it's like a runner-up on the next one. So I'm like, oh, interesting. And then they're in paradise. Yeah. And oh my gosh,
0: oh. there's always something nice about like really binging reality TV because you can see how it all fits together in a way yeah. that if you're watching it week to week, you don't get. I used to be so anti-reality TV, and now I've Me gotten too. to a point. Yeah, you think you're like so above I was it, the yep. right? Yeah, yep.
1: or like mm-hmm. it, I was like, oh, I can't watch this, and then so many actors say too i was watching i think one of the hollywood reporter roundtables the other day so if you turn saying this you know when you're an actor and you are watching a movie we're not just watching a movie they're commenting on like how do you think that guy booked your critical brain is on or like you go and like looking up the actor you're like judging their choices exactly. and everything and you can't turn your brain off in that way but with reality tv it's you absolutely can and you're still getting that entertainment value without that's what I say makes you feel good about yourself versus like well I wish I was that person for you
0: exactly it's like you just think about it from the actor brain like you know certain things you know how something was filmed you're looking at the shot you're looking at from such a critical point of view that it doesn't it doesn't give you the same relief that like when you watch a good reality TV show, it does. And the other funny thing about reality TV is I think it can be a lesson on just like acting in itself because it's like people respond to things in crazy and unpredictable ways. And it broadens your range of inspiration for like how people might, you know, deal with situations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And especially for comedy. Yes. It's gold. It's comedic. (laughs) Because it's real. Because like, yeah, it's It's amazing because, yes, some of them are trying to be funny, but the other half of the time, they're not trying to be funny, but they just are.
0: Yeah, I think there's a Judd Apatow quote about that, about how like any good comedy should work as a drama as well, because like the stakes are that high and it's real to you. Things that are funny are funny because the person's actually invested in it and actually like is taking it seriously. And that's why we're laughing at it. Okay. So just to wrap up quickly, we're going to play a game of what the fuck boy. Um, And this is just to remind you, it's would you rather with fuck boy related questions? All right. So let's do it. Would you rather go on a Zoom date right now or have a socially distanced hangout?
1: Ooh. A socially distanced hangout.
0: Okay. And why?
1: I think because it's just a different vibe and energy yeah. when you're seeing someone in person. And mm-hmm. I mean, everyone just looks at themselves on the Zoom and That's so true.
0: Or at least the it, girls do.
1: The guys do it too. Even if they pretend that they don't. <laughs> so I, and I feel like it's more distracting and you're not yeah. as like in the moment. And I just feel like it's more awkward.
0: Yeah, I think that's a totally fair answer. My only thing about the socially distanced state is like, is it really going to stay six feet? Like, is it?
1: Right. That's the thing. That's the temptation is Like there. Flirting with danger. Yeah, Yep.
0: exactly. OK, next question. Would you rather be quarantined with a family member that you can't stand or an ex that you
1: despise?
0: your face i wish people could see it in this moment
1: (laughs) um i think family member that i can't stand because then i don't really have anything to lose and i I don't give a shit what they think about me that's
0: so true i feel like in this time i'm like i don't i don't think i could deal with an ex right now family members it's like you can you can do whatever the fuck you want where are they gonna go they're family where are you gonna go
1: unless Mm -hmm. you're having really hot hate sex with that's your edge.
0: true. Yeah, that's I something would, to factor in.
1: Yeah, depends yeah. how
0: good it is. If it could push it over the edge.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has to be really good.
0: Okay, I like yeah. that answer. I like both sides of it. Very diplomatic. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is, and let me know if you don't know what this means, but we'll get to it. Would you rather be zombied or be ghosted by a guy?
1: Zombied like they're going after you aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> or does that mean someone that it ended somehow and they came back from the dead? That's testing? what it
0: is. It's when they keep they, coming back from the dead. They keep popping up. Yes, that,
1: yes, yep, yeah, yeah. yes. Um. So what I read? Oh, I mean, my life. Like every single guy in my life is a boomerang. Like toss them out, <laughs> they always come back around. That always, is so for something. Funny. Have you had any?
0: Like, I feel like there's such a thing right now with guys coming back into your life because they're bored during the quarantine. Have you had any of those instances?
1: Yeah, a few. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it's just like the only reason they'd be doing that is... They, either, they want something from you. Yeah. I can't you can't I can't give anything to anyone during quarantine. So I don't feel like I'm getting a lot of it, but I'm also not entertaining or indulging it when it does happen.
0: Yeah, so. I agree. I, I don't like some people are interested in the idea of dating right now. I'm like, I don't really see the purpose.
1: I'm having fun talking to some new people.
0: That's but good. that's because
1: there's no pressure. But that's true. Um I'm not gonna like actually try and
0: yeah no six feet date for you in the the near future
1: um i don't i don't think so <laughs>
0: okay, well on that note, I'm going to wrap it up, but I loved this conversation and I love you so much, Danny. I love
1: you. Thanks and, for yeah, having me.
0: Thank you for coming on and I wish you all the success and as much as we talked about anxiety and stuff, we're going to get through it and we're going to figure it all the fuck out. So, yes. oh, do you want to plug all of your your Instagram and your stuff so that people can know where to find you?
1: go to instagram either on your <laughs> computer or the app <laughs> on your phone and my name is danielle lauder um, can't miss it i got that little blue check babe
0: oh yes you do fuck yeah all right thank you guys bye
1: bye everyone